Hi, I'm Elaine. I'm B. And this is Can You Dig It? The Haiku Recap Podcast. All right, here we go. So, um, why, why, why do we want to do this podcast? Well, for me personally, I have been into haiku on and off for five years, and I recently got back into it at the start of quarantine. And I have a lot to say about haiku. <laughs> I have a lot of opinions that I wanted to share, things that I want to talk about that we haven't really heard said by anyone before that I figured it'd be really fun just to talk about it to see how many people had the same ideas as me. Yeah, I feel the same. Um, I guess, yeah, I got into haiku I, four years ago. So it was like 2016. And at the time, it just like meant so much to me. And it still does. And it like never stopped because I, I like fall in and out of stuff like this a lot you know like I'll have a favorite show for a while and then I'll stop liking it but this has been like so consistent and it's just like such a fixation for me that to talk about it with normal people is like too much because they think I'm I'm being crazy so I thought it would be good to just you know get to actually talk about like every individual thought feeling I've had several people that I've convinced to watch it, and yet I feel like anytime I try to talk about it, I'm like insane because I like hyperanalyze, <laughs> overanalyze every little thing. So I feel like right. this will be good for us to actually share our opinions and not be scared <laughs> at like we're crazy. Exactly. We're not crazy. We're not. Maybe a little crazy. <laughs> Maybe a little. Uh, why, why do you love Haikyuu? Why Haikyuu? Why is it the thing? Funnily enough, um, I got into haiku because I saw Oikawa, and I don't know, I just really was interested in it because I heard people talking about him, and this was towards, like, end of season one, around when season two was finally starting to come out, and I was like, okay, who is this man? Why is everyone <laughs> talking about him? I remember watching and just waiting and waiting and waiting, and then I finally saw him, and I was like, okay, that is exactly why. And it God. took me so long to get into it because I'm not a sports person. I don't really like sports animes. But with Haikyuu, it's just different. I was like, yeah, they play sports, but it's more than just them playing volleyball. Even if it's like a large aspect. Yeah, well, we'll we'll get into the Oikawa thing when we meet him. <laughs> because we both have a lot of feelings about Oikawa. So much to say. But um, I hadn't watched a lot of sports anime either prior to watching it. I think I watched three. But that's like not really a sports anime. Oh. <laughs> yeah, same here though. That's just like something else entirely. Um, but yeah, I I I got into it at like the perfect time for me, I think. And like I just think the stories that they tell, it's those feelings and like sensations that the characters are having can be just so healing to anyone watching it. Like it's it's so relatable. For sure, and, for sure. and there, there is, like, I just, I love the fact that there is 
no, there's no antagonist. There's no one who's wrong or at fault. It's just like, it's just like life is that everyone has their own struggles. It's really dramatic, but it's also really realistic. Yeah, and that's my big thing about it. It's really realistic and it doesn't skim like they're in high school and I like how it includes like aspects of them actually being like high school students. Mm-hmm. Like the great things later on and everything about it and how I felt myself like honestly relating to it. Because when I got into it, I was in high school. I'm in college now, I still find myself relating to it. Which just like the little things, everything that's happened in it, it's like sure I may not be playing volleyball but I can still understand exactly where they're coming from what they're saying what they're doing it's why I relate to a lot of the characters and a lot of the aspects in it yeah definitely definitely same I was a little older I was I had just graduated high school and I was like living in a foreign country it it was like the first thing I did when I got there I was alone in a foreign country and I had no friends and I just watched these these boys play volleyball and like they were my friends at that time because I was just like so alone and they were there for me and they still are to this day I love them so much I guess we should get into this first episode the end and the beginning I have much to say about it (laughs) I've analyzed everything (laughs) I think I have like four pages of notes um so without further ado let's start with that very opening scene that iconic screech of the sneakers i've i've never been so drawn into something from the first moment like that i think it was a really good way to start the entire series start everything off because it kind of like gets you thinking and it's like he's talking about this wall and you hear the shoe squeaking and you kind of like you're kind of like wondering like what this wall is because it's not the sense of it being like he's stuck in a place it's more of the fact that he needs to like propel forward and then how he's alone but then you see like that's like the other <laughs> shoes <laughs> and the that's the guy oh my god the shoes kills me and they make a really big big deal about the shoes like in the first season especially I feel like first of all the the fact that you can like recognize every character from their shoes is like absolutely such a great detail that they added in but like the shoes come up again in the the opening that's the very first thing they do in the first opening is like they take their shoes out of their little cubby like put their shoes on and it's really like it like gets you ready for the whole thing and it's 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 so good detail that has such an impact in the entire like first episode alone um and I really I think that that opening does a great job of like it sets up Hinata's personal goals of like he wants to overcome the wall alone but then it's also showing you that it's not just going to be a show about him like he's the protagonist but we have other players and other characters that are gonna play really important roles um so it does a great job of that the more times i watch it the more emotionally moved i am by it now it's gone to the point where like i watch it with a new person and i'm like on the floor screaming and they're like what is wrong with you i feel like it also has a greater impact when you're re-watching it again yeah, it you know, definitely the first does. Time, 
you're kind of getting into it, but then you start watching it the second time or the third time. And after when meeting, you know what's going to come. On. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Mm, so good. Um, then we get into the first theme song. It's not my favorite theme song. It's, it's a, it's a it's good one. For like the first one, it's cute. Yeah. It's good. But it starts you off. Um, I think it gets, it gets, it's a really, the animation and like the vibes overall really fit with what's happening in the first part of the show because it's very like, it's more, it feels more slice of life. Like they're getting ready. They're just like in the gym together. It's not super intense feeling. Um, and it kind of sets the mood for all of season one as a whole. Just like the introduction phase of it until it gets more intense with that second half and the second theme song that we have. And I think it's just a good way to kind of like set the pace of it. Yeah. And there's that really cute moment where they like, they do like a fist pump right in the timing of the music. It's so yeah, cute. I, it's, I've always noticed that a lot of the things that happen in the theme song fits with the soundtrack of it. it. And I just, perfectly. I love it so much. They haven't, um, this wasn't like burnout syndrome wasn't already doing the openings, were they? With the first no. one? No. Spire, yeah, I don't know who that is. Mm -hmm. But once, now I love that like all the openings now, like in the up to date at the time that we're recording this, they're all burnout syndrome, which I just like, oh. I, love. I love the burnout syndromes. There's 100%. Okay, so now we're getting to, we see little baby Hinata. When he's what? He's like 10 or something? It's three years before he gets into that third year match. So, yeah. so he, no, no. So he would be older than that. He'd be like 12 or 13. Yeah. He's on his bike. I think that that was definitely a good, a good like age to make him. Cause I'm pretty sure that was how old I was the first time I remember seeing something on like a video and being like, oh, this is going to be my whole life now. Like, <laughs> like the first time I saw someone as, as a dancer who like really inspired me, it was when I was 12 and it was like life changing. And I'm, he has like the same experience. He, he sees the little giant for the first time and it's like, oh, that's what I want. And I think yeah. that, that was a very a good time for that to happen for him. And you can also start to see the parallels with the little giant and Shoyo himself with that first when he like he's like jumping up and he spreads and you see like the wings and how Shoyo's big thing is how he can jump and then you see the little giant jumping and it shows just how much that impact that the little giant has had in those just three years that he's really like been so inspired by him. Uh, it's like his whole thing and it's so funny because it's like he doesn't even know anything about volleyball like he just exactly it's just one person and that's that's all it takes for him to just jump in so wholeheartedly. And I just, okay. I always thought that was so crazy. For everyone else, it had been like, they were really young doing like the classes, just be into it. And then he had to yeah. see some guy on TV and then all of a sudden it's just, he's going to do volleyball. Yeah. Well, this will come up later too. Like when we, when we meet more people, like who are really, you know, like top players, top aces, they're all like, and this is true in life too. Like the earlier you start, you just you just have it easier. And like this is totally exactly. for Hinata. Like he's naturally he's gifted, but he's so far behind that he just has a lot to make up for. You especially see it later on when it gets to their actual match. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> he's just a complete mess. 
okay, so then we meet Hina's friends from middle school. I love them. I think they're so I sweet. adore them. I wish we saw more of them because I think they're just so great. Yeah, they're really precious. I love that the, I can't remember their names, but the one with like the ash colored hair always calls them Shochan. I think it's really precious. And it goes back to the whole impact that he has on them. Yeah, oh my God. Dude, I would not, I would not do that for a friend. Like, no, I, 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 I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't go and like make a fool out of myself. Like, 100% for a practice match, maybe. <laughs> they just blindly stepped in to do this no practice experience whatsoever being taught by someone who barely knows what he's doing either but they saw how passionate he was about it and how much it meant to him that they didn't even hesitate and I think that's why I love his friends so much yeah because they had done so much for him they're they're good people they're really good oh my gosh but you know what I will never think that Hinata is not a freaking idiot for not practicing with the girls like why is he over in the corner like (laughs) hitting a ball against the wall when they're right there I think it comes back to he felt like he was like so embarrassed by it and it he doesn't want to join the girls team he doesn't need to but he had so he had that entire opportunity to actually learn how to play the game instead of being self-taught yeah, and I guess that, like, we do see that one moment where, like, those boys are making fun of him because they, like, think he's on the girls' team. He's like, no, I'm on the boys' team. And I guess that, like, at the end of the episode when he, like, does start practicing with them, it kind of feels like he's just decided that this is more important to him. Like, it's more important to him than other people's opinions of him, which I admire that. Yeah. He grows even in just like in the first episode. Exactly. It takes a lot to do that, especially when you are third year middle school boy. 100%. I can see why he was so reluctant about practicing with the girls, especially after hanging out about all the boys. Yeah. Poor baby. Um, so then they've, they've arrived at the gym and we meet Kageyama. I have... I have a lot to say. You start, you start. So I've always admired the fact that despite his behavior and his attitude towards his teammates and to father as a whole, that he didn't hesitate into stopping the second years and saying stuff about Hinata. And that doesn't change the fact that he was very much not a team player. But I really respected the fact that he did step in and say something, even if later on it just was not okay with the things that he was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think it's really interesting because the thing about Kageyama in the first, like middle school Kageyama, is that he is just, he's so, so irritating. He's rude and he's like brash with people. But what he says makes sense. Like, what he tells Hinata makes sense. He's not saying anything that's not true. It's just his delivery is so bad. He's just going about it the wrong way. And when you have someone playing with him, like Kunimi, who's not as into the game as energetic, and then someone like Kendaichi who gets easily irritated with it, it doesn't work. They don't mesh together. They're a good team, and they're a strong team, but they have really bad dynamics. 
Yeah. And like, that's honestly part of it. The thing is like Kageyama changes a little bit as the show goes on, but the biggest factor is just that he's playing with different people. Like the thing is Hinata, they, they go together because Hinata will, will bite back and be like, well, that's not accurate. Or, or he has some, you know, way of, of fighting back against Kageyama. Whereas like, like he's like Kunimi just, it gets on his shoulder and he's annoyed about it, but he's never going to say anything. And like, he just doesn't, they're, they're just not good teammates. It just doesn't work out well. Mm -hmm. But the people at Karasuno are all also, they're like Kageyama. So I don't think it's even that Kageyama changes that much. It's just that he's around people who are better suited for him. And oh my gosh. And also falls back to whenever Hinesa does manage to get the ball over and they get that point where Kunimi just doesn't run to stop it. And Kageyama calls him out about it. And he's like, just because we're in the lead doesn't mean that you can slack off. The game's not over until we win. Yeah. And I feel um, like having that demeanor with teammates who don't share the same with it, how you're so passionate, you're adamant on being like this, and they're just not reaching that same idea I feel like that's another reason it's going to cause all that strain in the entire team yeah it's definitely a, a big part of Kageyama's dynamic with with Hiragawa Daichi is that he doesn't respect them he doesn't respect anyone on his team he doesn't have high opinions of them he doesn't even really seem to have high opinions of the coaches like he's so rude <laughs> to that coach he's like yeah I know and because he just I mean honestly like sometimes when you're that talented and that young like you let those opinions kind of like get in your way and I can totally see that because he is he is like better than them and that's gonna show in like the way he acts so mm -hmm. it all makes sense which draws the bigger conclusion that in this first episode he is going through the steps of like gaining respect for Hinata that he doesn't have for his other teammates like oh when Hinata like eats shit and like flies against the wall Kageyama is like yeah good for him like he's right he should have done that and everyone else is like oh my god are you okay but Kageyama is just like yeah that's what you do and that's like the first time that they're on an equal level like you can see that Kageyama is gaining respect for him even just in this one game because for the first time, he sees someone who has the same idea that you put your all into the game. And that's why at the end of the match, when he's asking about where were you the last three years, he hasn't seen someone have the same yes. mind about volleyball before. So it's like, where have you been? Why have you not been playing? Why are you the only one who understands that that's how it works? Oh, that line, that line, absolutely. It kills me. I... I think it is just like it's so incredible like because he's first of all he's like he's annoyed that Hinata is like school in his eyes like squandering raw talent by not 100% like doing enough but also he's like why haven't I gotten to play against you before why is this the first time I'm meeting you and it's just it's such a, a loaded question to ask someone there's many ways to interpret the question. Oh, um, then we get we get the first time that 
we see Hinata's uh, like scary face when he stands up. I absolutely love the like scary looking faces. I'm, I'm doing little like air quotes, the like spooky faces when that the show does. I just think that they're like really well executed and they add this layer of tension to a show that's like kind of really lighthearted. Like there's no reason for it to be mm-hmm. that intense. But then like the way that the art style changes just like brings so much focus to it. And you as the viewer are like so intense, even though like they're just playing volleyball. Yeah, they used to write horror. And I think you can you can really see it in these moments just throughout the show of like really intense, dramatic focus. And it's definitely feels very different from any other sports anime that I've watched. It makes the emotions read really intensely, which I just, I love. And I think that this is what pushes it aside from other sports animes, where it goes beyond just being about them playing volleyball. Something that really sticks out to me the first episode, we've already kind of talked about the dynamics, but the completely differing dynamics between the team about how Kitagawa obviously has better players. They have the really bad, they're not good teammates together versus Shoyo's team, not for life, me remember what they're called, how they don't have the talent or the ability, but they work well together because they have so much trust in each other and in Shoyo as a whole. Each time it does that back, back the, the flashback where it's showing him trying to get them to play and trying to get them to learn the skills, how it shows like the correlation with it about how Shoyo taught him how to do this and then they're doing it in the match and then not wanting to do it, but then being motivated to play. And I think that's what stands them apart from Kitagawa as a whole is that they have that trust and respect for each other. Right. It's crazy that their teamwork is like better than Kitagawa's when like they aren't a team, like they've never even played together before. But when they're set to go to nationals versus a riffraff team playing together. Yeah, that's definitely true of Kitagawa is that like they're all like good and we see later that like Konimi and Kendaichi like can be good players, but they just have like horrible chemistry as a team. And I think it's part of the fact of Kageyama being so like aggressive, quote unquote aggressive with them, that it ruined the fun for them. Where it started turning more into we're not playing volleyball for fun, we're playing volleyball to win. And there's nothing wrong with winning. Definitely different for different people. Yeah. Because Kageyama thinks winning is fun. He, he enjoys the game too, but he definitely is, has a more competitive spirit than like someone like Kanini does. Exactly. Oh, I love the first time we get Hinata doing the thing where he's on one side of the net and then like runs to the other side and he does the like the, the quick without the, yes. not a quick though because it's not the quick toss, but, and he, we get the really dramatic animation with those like sharp lines coming from behind him. Mm-hmm. I love that. And then Kageyama's reaction is just like the the best thing I've ever seen. Like he just is so floored. And I think that moment's also impactful because it goes back to the parallel with the little giant that yeah. Shoyo had seen him do something similar on TV all those years ago. And now he's doing the same thing. Has no, has shown that he has no actual skill or talent, but he's so 
fast and can jump so high. And that's what he's been saying over and over. And they actually see it and they're like, oh God, he really can. Yeah, yeah, that's like really the moment when you go from, there's kind of a buildup of Kageyama. First, he's just kind of, you know, when he first meets Kimita, he doesn't, he doesn't have any opinion of him. He doesn't care about him when they meet in the hallway. Like, he's just some random guy that he's, you know, spouting off whatever he's saying. And Kageyama kind of just is like, no, you're wrong, but he doesn't, he doesn't take any interest in Hinata. And then you see there's, like, the buildup of him seeing Hinata's, like, spirit as a player when he, like, keeps going for those, like, ridiculous receives and trying to save them. So, like, then you get, like, a layer there of respect. And then by the time he does that quick, he's, like, finally recognizing that, like, not only does he have the right attitude, but he also has so much talent, like raw ability. Exactly. Yeah, so I feel like this whole episode is really, Hinata is like learning that he is so completely out of his depth, and Kageyama is realizing that even though Hinata is kind of a mess, he has so many attributes that could be really useful and make him really successful. And, like, he gains respect for him in that in that way. Like, the fact that Kageyama even cares enough about Hinata, who he completely demolished in that game, to, like, recognize him as a competitor at the end of the episode when they're standing outside is huge. Like, he, he crushed him, and yet he's still, like, excited to see him again and play him again. I think it falls back again to the finally finding someone who actually has the same mindset about volleyball as him and how the whole where we've been the last three years it's kind of like he finally found like the person has the same beliefs and feelings and mindset and wants to be as into the game as Kageyama has been this entire time yeah how do you what, what do you have to say about that scene in the in the sunset I love the line about how he wants to stay on the court the longest because he spent so long never getting to play and his he kept saying the first match we didn't win any of the sets it was a 31 minute game and he's his time on the court is done so constantly constantly his mantra is i want to stay on the court the longest the person who stays on the court the longest is the person that wins and I think it's really impactful and it shows how motivated and how much this one match has pushed him to start being more serious about volleyball than he ever was before. Yeah, for sure. And it also uh, really shows Hinata's perspective of, like, Hinata, Hinata cares about winning, but only because he wants to play. Exactly. Like, he doesn't feel the need. He's not like like Oikawa or even like like Bokuto who they relish winning but Hinata kind of kind of doesn't like he never he never shows that sort of desire to like crush other people <laughs> you know he, he never gets satisfaction from the opponent losing he gets satisfaction from doing a good job himself uh which is really admirable <laughs> And it's brought up so many times about how he always wants to play. He constantly wants to be on the court playing, constantly wants to be touching the ball, constantly wants to be involved in the game to the point where he doesn't want the game to end because he wants to keep playing. 
Right. Yeah. His reasoning for winning is so that he can keep keep going. Yeah, I really like that scene. It's it's iconic. I love the the sunset and Hinata like standing on the stairs so that they're like more level in height is really good. Um, Kageyama's face when Hinata starts crying is the funniest thing ever to me. He just makes that like that like confused like little fish face. <laughs> and I just think it's so cute. He has no idea what's going on. It's a really good scene. And then we get we get the final little montage of Hinata, like, you know, like he said, like he's finally getting serious. He starts playing with the girls and he's practicing all the time. And um and we get to Karasuno. Well, we have the the two third years. And then Not our lovely manager, our lovely second year, he's, he's, a, I love, <laughs> I am very excited for the next few episodes that are going to come with him in this season, because he's, he honestly he's starts awesome. right off the bat as just an incredible character. The number of people that I talk to, like, who after the first season, I'm like, so who's your favorite character? And so many people are like Tanaka because it's always it's always Tanaka. I love Tanaka as well. I have I have I have many feelings about Tanaka and his growth as a person, both a player and a person. One hundred percent, his growth is just yeah. incredible to me. Tanaka changes so much. One hundred percent, the character development in all of Haikyuu as a whole for every character is just so incredible to me. Yeah, and they, it's it, it always feels so natural. You never feel like you're meeting a character for the second time when they come back and they're, like, acting totally different. Like, there's always a reason and everything is just so clearly laid out. Although part of that is also, it's not just that the characters develop, but it's that it's really organically done the way that we find out about, like, things about characters. Exactly. You know, like, like even characters who we meet really early on, like Kenma we we meet them and you're like oh okay like i feel like i know this person you know i they fit these archetypes whatever we get it and then you get to like you know season four kenma stuff we haven't even seen in the anime yet like stuff from the manga oh there's so i there's so much and (laughs) like honestly my big thing with haikyuu is that Shoyo has had, had such an impact on so many people that you can see it instantly. You can see it from the first episode, the impact he has with both creating that team. And then when Shoyo and Kageyama meet up again at Karasuno and Kageyama is doing his move from that match when they're meeting each other again. Oh, yeah. He has created such an impact on all these people and for Karasuno as a whole. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, Hinata, he, he fits, he fits the protagonist, like the shonen protagonist archetype perfectly, obviously. He's a shonen protagonist. Um, but it never feels forced. Like sometimes, like, I don't know, um, I, I'm thinking about Naruto. In Naruto, there's often, like, Naruto gives these, like, long speeches that, like, change people's minds who were, like, literally about to murder him. But it never feels that way with Hinata. Like, it's, it always feels so organic and so natural his influence on people 
And it really is just because he like he never is trying to change anybody's mind. He's just like being himself. And everybody is just so taken with it. And how could you not be? He's incredible. He's an incredible person. He becomes an incredible player. He's just so passionate and loves what he does so much that it has an impact on everyone around him. And then the end the episode ends with that volleyball falling on Kakuma's head. And his little ow. I think it was a good way to end the episode and kind of like start the transition into like meeting the team as a whole because it sh- it sets up the dynamic that the two of them have and like that relationship and interactions that they have just that one little second of the volleyball hitting him it's it's honestly perfect like I think it's I'm easily entertained but that is just so funny to me I it, it really I think it, it it really frames them up well because at the end of the day no matter how dramatic the show gets, they're just, like, stupid teenage boys. And he just, Exactly. Like, Kageyama, as much as he is, like, so serious and people are always, like, so intimidating, well, he, he's, like, the most dorky dweeb on the planet. He's a typical high school boy. Yeah, he's just a typical... They all are. They're all... They're, like, you know... What if high school boys were nice? That's <laughs> true. <laughs> I mean, no, you, you have a good point. That's honestly very true. So, yeah, that's the first episode. As far as first episodes go, this is a very good first episode for an anime. It's a very good way to start everything oh, off. Yeah. From that first scene alone to the end of the episode, it's just perfect way to set it up. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I feel like I'm sure you've heard the, like, the three episode rule where you're like supposed to watch all like three episodes of a show before you like decide that you don't like it or whatever that like you know people who watch anime are, are always like oh the first episode's never good no the first episode of Haikyuu is fucking good like it is it's so good it sets up what you need to know about them as people it gives you an engaging plot it's already had they've already had development you know, it doesn't feel like a series of introductions. I think that's what helps it, that there isn't that long-winded introduction backstory. And we get them later, mm-hmm. but it's always nice to save it for later so that you are already so involved in the series and so invested with it, and you see why they are the way they are. And that also happens later with Kageyama and the manga, which is going to come up pretty soon about why he's the way he is in middle school. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because at first the show, in the first episode, the framing all the way through the episode, if you have no other context for it, the framing is that Kageyama is going to be the antagonist. Like, if you don't know what's coming the whole time, it seems like they're setting up for, okay, Hinata is our obvious protagonist character, and Kageyama is his heel, his, his opposition. And until the very last, like, couple seconds, that's what you think is going to happen. And then they just trick you completely and now they're teammates it's really well done and i think it was also a good choice to only introduce two characters like things actually happened in the episode because there were only two characters really introduced like we saw people who we see later but we don't know anything about them like when the first episode ends you like don't even know convey his name just the subtle little things with 
Kunimi and Kandaichi and then going back to like Daichi and Su and Tanaka, just like the small little brief moments you have with them that introduce them as their character but doesn't take away from the episode as a whole. Yeah, like we don't we don't need to know anything about them yet because it's it's exactly. all about Kinesa and Kageyama. Which is I think how it is able to go over so much and like have so much development in only one episode. Exactly. And those short like twenty minutes, so much has happened. I think it took me 40 minutes to watch the episode because I paused so many times. I think I got close to 40 minutes watching it because <laughs> I would pause and rewind. Wow, well, I can't believe that this this episode came out six years ago. It is weird to go back and watch old episodes now that I'm used to watching season four with the new I think, animation. I think it's a mix of the art style and then not being able to see my favorite characters until like either episodes later or seasons later. Literally yeah, seasons I, later. I can't seasons believe it's so long for me not to know. I'm gonna miss it so much. Oh, I don't even want to think about anyone talking to you right now. But just <laughs> going back and rewatching it, I get kind of like a nostalgia trip. This is gonna be my third time rewatching it and I'm already getting like all emotional about it. Yeah, same. I've I've watched it I've watched it so many times. I think I've I've watched it like once a year since I started watching it. So I've watched it four times. <laughs> This is actually my second rewatch of the year, although that one was in the dub, so does it really count? Who knows? It does feel, like, nostalgic to a certain extent. Like, I can remember where I was when I first watched the episodes, and, like, I feel like now, you know, I have my favorite characters, and, of course, none of them are the main characters because that is just my lot in life. (laughs) I've, I've never, my favorite character in anything has never been the main character it's always the sad character with a little Pinocchio time. You're like, what kind of superiority complex do I have that I can only relate to antagonists? <laughs> but, but going back to when, like, Hinata and Kageyama were the only people we knew, you, you, like, get a new appreciation for them. Like, I'm remembering how much I love them. I was never... I, I never disliked him, but I never realized how much... I loved Hinata until I started rewatching it and getting back into it, where I kind of always like either brushed him aside and pay so much attention, but now seeing him, I'm like, I really do like him. He's honestly like such a good protagonist character and just such like just a good character all around. He's so well rounded that I really, really do enjoy him. Yeah, Hinata just I mean, of course he he completely like checks off all the boxes for like a main character you know he he fits all those stereotypes but he also just given the nature of the show he never feels like like he's overpowered like he doesn't overpower the other characters he's just another one of the characters that you happen to be following exactly slightly more closely like honestly we don't even know we don't know more about Hinata than we know about other characters actually in a lot of ways we know less do we ever see Hinata's parents? I don't think we do. We, the only little bit of backstory we get from him is in that first episode versus other characters. We start to learn more about them. Like we get the Kenma backstory and the Kuro backstory and then we get Kageyama's and then we get a lot of characters' backstories, but we never really get to know more about Shoyo other than that first episode with him watching the little giant. Yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's interesting. He he's an enigma compared to like normally you know you know every single detail about your main character you certainly know more about them than you know about like some other 
pretty pretty random character. Like we know as much about Kuru as we know about Hinata, which is weird. We know more about Kira than we do Hinata. <laughs> For real. Kira, who is in like a total of four episodes, like where he has lines. Literally four. Literally <laughs> and yet four. we like know his grandma. <laughs> but I think oh, this goes back know. to the there is no antagonist in Haikyuu about how they're all, in a sense, protagonists. Like, yeah, we're, I, we're the protagonists of the we world. The, we're all protagonists. We are the protagonists of the world! Like, every single character is a protagonist in this show. And that that also feels very validating for me. Like I said, I never like the main character the most. That's the thing, is, like, the show doesn't revolve around Hinata. It, it revolves around volleyball and all the people who love it. Exactly. I've always also, I've had a problem with, like, shonen that do, you know, magic as a theme, or even, like, you know, my hero has, the protagonist is defined as being special. Like, Mm -hmm. they're, they're special for whatever reason. You know, in Naruto, there's a prophecy. In, uh, Hunter Hunter, like, Gon has, like, a huge amount of natural ability. But, like, Hinata, he has has some things that are important about him, but, like, he's not more naturally gifted than, like, the people who are really tall, you know? He actually has, he has something that makes it harder for him. And that's why I think I like him as a protagonist, because he's developed and grown so much, which is an anime, the protagonist has usually just always been able to do so much, and has always just been, like, the best number one of everything. Yeah, or, or you know, they, they, like, suck really hard, and then all of a sudden, they're, like, amazing out of nowhere. But Hinata, it's, like, a very natural progression. Mm-hmm. And it, he's worked towards it, too. It wasn't just all of a sudden he woke up and was able to do it. It was weeks upon months upon practicing to work up to who he is now. Yeah, and especially, um, oh, I mean, we probably should have mentioned that there's going to be spoilers all the time but (laughs) especially like when we see him in the in the time skip I feel like that's not something we get very often like you know these stories normally end when people are like high school age exactly but Haikyuu doesn't because life doesn't and we see Hinata grow up to be like you know, not some, like, little little boy. He's, like, fully a man, and he does so much with his life, you know, and he has so many experiences that I think that you you wouldn't get to see if the show had, like, just stopped after high school. Like, if they had won nationals, yeah, we all would have been really happy, and it would have been cool, but then the manga would have ended, and that would have been that. You, yeah, that would have been that, and you would have been left with a much less fulfilling story. Oh, it's just a perfect piece of media. It really is. It's really been something that's impacted me in so many different ways. Yeah, the impact of this show on my life is kind of alarming, honestly. Like, there have been days where it's, like, what has gotten me out of bed (laughs) and, like, to my job. Honestly, same. 100% same. And it sounds so, so crazy to feel that way, but when you get something that is just so true, to every part of like your existence like this show is it it just feels like like it's so natural to have it affect your life you know my my day was like freaking 
ruined <laughs> when 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 teams I want to win lose and I watch the episode I'm genuinely like well my days are <laughs> that well, that was me for a lot of season four a I lot of season four all of season four like knowing it was coming <laughs> knowing it was coming being so prepared to watch the episode finally getting ready and then watching it and seeing it and then having to go to work right afterwards and just being like I'm miserable you have to right I had to go back to work and I was like how am I supposed to live out the rest of this day? Like, I'm just so miserable right now. And same for, like, the end of season two, the stage of the loss. Like, I... We're going to sound so weird because the fact that we never care that Karasuna loses. I enjoyed... I should say I enjoyed that they lost. I, I enjoyed that they lost. I like the fact that they did lose in season one because yeah. it was that turning point that pushed them to work so much harder. It wasn't just they're going to win because they're the protagonist team. It was they're going to win because they had been working for it. Yeah, and that's also important to note that it's easier to do that in a show like Kaiju where there's no there's no stakes. Like in a show where someone could die, well the main character can't lose because then they would be dead. Exactly. So you, kind like, of, you almost have a higher level of security watching it because you're like, well I know that nothing bad is going to happen to them because mm-hmm. they're the main character. Whereas with this it's like the worst thing that's going to happen is that they're going to lose a match. And that happens. Like, that is the worst thing that could happen. And it does happen to them multiple times. And you kind of just have to realize that, like, that's okay. Whereas normally you kind of know that, oh, everything's going to work out. Exactly. I found myself doing that a lot with other anime. Like, a lot of times when I was watching My Hero, it'd be a fight. I'd be like, I have nothing to worry about. He's your protagonist. He's not going to die. Exactly. There's you know that that's not going to happen. Versus Haikyuu, if I hadn't, like, read the manga, would it known, I would have been like, are they going to win or are they going to lose? I just can't. You don't know. Yeah, I mean, now, I, I obviously, I do not regret reading the manga because I'm not about to wait, like, four years for the show to finish. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, like, and you get, so many, you get so many moments that are, like, that, that don't end up in the manga, that are pure joy. But before I had watched, before I had watched the whole thing through, I had never read the manga and I, I had no idea what was going to happen. And there was definitely a lot of things that happened that I was really surprised by. Like I was totally surprised by them not beating Seijo the first time. I didn't, I didn't think that that was going to happen just because that's, that's not normally what happens. Like you normally, you know that the protagonist is just going to win. All right. Well, we talked through the whole episode. We had a lot to say. We had a lot to say. Any anything else? Parting words? Very, very excited to start talking about come upcoming episodes from season one where we meet some certain characters. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm excited about that. Very excited to get into meeting Karasuno as a whole and the team dynamics because there's a lot there's a lot of characters from Karasuno that I really like too. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some good boys on this team. Sometimes I take them for granted. Hopefully I'll uh, I'll remember my love for them. I mean, we it's so crazy to me that we meet Oikawa before we meet Noya. Like that feels wrong. But that is what happens. It's weird. And I didn't really think about that till just now, but it's true. These episodes without him, I just I almost I forget that he's not there, not because he's forgettable, but because how could you have an episode with him not there? <laughs> You know, it's just so, it's quiet. All right. 
this was really fun. I love talking about this show so much. And I can't wait to do it more. It was a good time. It was a great time. Had a lot of fun. Uh, should we have like a, should we sign off in some way too? I don't know how these things work. Uh, we say our names and say, oh yeah. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. I don't know. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. Um, so I'm Elaine. And I'm B. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Oh, no.